Business Tech Weekly podcast episode number 46. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Business Tech Weekly. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And my name is Andy Traub. We're here each and every week bringing you the latest and greatest in technology to help you, the small to medium-sized business owner, become more profitable, more efficient, more productive, more organized, and all the things that you do. And of course, today we're here on our new day and time for our live show. Andy, I'll tell you what, uh, although I'm tripping all over my own words and I can't talk and I feel a little tongue-tied. Because you're, so, you're so excited. I'm so excited about our new time. Well, because you're, um, you're going to be fully engaged. Fully, so. fully <laughs> engaged. I'm probably going to hear at least 70% of the things that you say today. Wow. wow. Well, you know, the good thing is I, I'm pretty sure we're going to record it. Yeah. So you can always play it back. Nice. Hey, some exciting things going on in the world of Google. It seems like every week we have a new Google technology news story. Isn't that right? Yep. Yep. Well, what, yeah, are, it, what are they doing they're, now? They're moving along. They're moving along. Well, uh, I, I think the speed of implementation is pretty cool, too. Uh, they announced I think last week is when I originally plugged this story in that uh, would have been Friday that they, were, there was, they said, hey, Google Voice will be implemented into Gmail. But they didn't really know what that was going to look like, and now it now it is now it is implemented into Gmail, and essentially Gmail or Google Voice is no longer a phone link; it is a phone number. So it is essentially just so people have a, an idea, sort of a frame of reference. It is now Skype in a lot of ways. Google Voice used to only function through another phone line. So, for instance, I at home have Skype as my main phone line. So I can go to Google Voice or click on a phone number in my browser and I get to choose, or Google Voice says, what number do you want to use to call? Because I have to use another different phone line. Well, now with Gmail and Google Voice inside of Gmail, you don't have to do that. You can essentially call people directly through just like you could uh, with Skype or just like you could with Vonage. It's voice over internet. Uh, It's VoIP. So you are able to use Google Voice inside of Gmail now to call people directly through your computer without a, a go-between. Now, so you, I say all that. I say all that, Cliff. I haven't done it yet. It's not turned on in mine. I haven't figured out how to make it work. I tweeted out, and, and somebody sent me a screenshot yesterday, and it, it essentially is uh, a dial pad, and you can call through what would used to be, I guess, Google Voice chat uh, or, or Gmail chat. Uh, you're able to use Google Voice now. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I just lined, logged into my Gmail service and it is active here. So 859. All right. And I'm going to call and let's see if anything happens here. Uh, so I am. Uh, let's see. Well, I, I clicked the button. Oh, it says, please sign into chat to make a call. Okay. Yeah, so, you have to be signed into. Okay, so I think I, they enable something. Okay, so. so I just signed in the chat. Now I'm going to click this button that says call. So I just dialed this number. While you're doing that, just to be clear, you, you can't just go to your Gmail and do this. You have to have a Google Voice number attached to your to that Gmail account. And oh. that's how Google Voice numbers are distributed is through a specific 
account or Gmail account. All right. Now, now the next thing it says, okay, it's like, okay, great. You, you've signed in, but no, you're not ready yet. You have to download the plugin. So now I'm downloading a <laughs> 6.9 megabyte download, which didn't take very long. It's a DMG file for my Mac, so I'm double-clicking on that. Well, this is live. This is reporting live right here. Reporting right. live from the scene or go to Cliff Ravenscraft. Right. So I, I Well, I double-clicked on the thing, and I don't see anything happening. Oh, there it is. So there's the, the package. So I, it's one I just have to double-click to install. I'll probably have to enter my password. So let's continue. I want to see if I can make a phone call right here on the show. How cool would that be? Do you want to talk about any? It's not in Google Apps yet, right? Of course not. Of course, course not. not. We have to wait because we pay money. So, no, it, it's not. Uh, I don't pay money. It, you no. do. Now, here's a question. When you clicked on that, and you're, it's in the chat box on the left side of your page, correct? Did it say call or what did it say? Yeah. Like, there, there, well, by the way, you have to enable your, ch- you have to turn your chat on and then you see your, your contacts in there and you can see who's online. But there's a little right. button that says call phone. And yeah, now, mine doesn't have that. Yeah, and uh, it's basically, I'm going to, it says here that I actually have to restart my browser. So I'm closing my Google Chrome okay. down. So I'm not seeing the chat room at this very moment in time. So this is why mine is messed up, Cliff. Are you ready? Yeah, go ahead. My main G, my main Google voice number is attached to a Gmail account that I don't actually use very often. Ah. It's not attached to my apps account. So I'm going to have to have, I'm not actually end up using it uh, within the browser, but um, yeah. So it's I'm I'm a little goofed up, but essentially you could have your chat, your voice, your email, all those communications in one window now. Yeah. Well, uh, I I will tell you right now I'm having I'm going to have to force quit Chrome because it won't it won't stop. Something's hanging it, so I'm force quitting it. So as you can hear, folks, it's a really smooth process. Exactly. Um, take you about 10, 15 seconds. Yeah, exactly. Good to go. Although I, I, you know, oh, it's, oh, Google Chrome didn't shut down. I know it didn't shut down. Okay, so I'm gonna go now to gmail.com. Yes. All right. So we're almost there. Let's see if we can make this thing happen. All right. So now I'm logged in. I'm waiting for my chat to log in. And you can call myself if you want. All right. Uh, well, I don't know your phone number off the top of my head. Oh, it's eight six seven five three zero nine. Okay, what? Yeah, okay, 859. Here we go. Six. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, here we go. Uh, I am clicking the button to call my cell phone. Ooh, listen to that. There you go. Hold on, hold on. And here's my, check out my ringtone. 1970s sci-fi kids show. Hello. Hello. This is me talking. This is me talking. Hello, 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 hello. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? We all can hear you twice. It's a bonus. You can hear me, you can in, hear stereo. me in stereo. Wow. Wow. This is cool. This is cool. Uh, and they did some testing uh, with call quality with that versus Skype. They said Skype did a better job at noise cancellation, uh, but they said that the you know the actual production or the production value of the voice, I should say, or clarity was equal, if not better, to Skype. So you basically. Um, could use that as so Google Voice went from a service that worked with a phone line to a phone line. Well, here's that's the deal. That, that's I'm what happened, which is pretty, pretty major, the, I think. Uh, call here uh, with basically talking to you from my cell phone. I've muted the studio and speaker. I've taken off the headphones, and I'm hearing you great through here because of the way I've got my wired, uh, my right. mixer wired, and everything. 
So this is trouble for Skype, maybe, because there's you know every person has a Gmail account can then and obviously Google Voice is open now. Where before, if you listen to some past episodes, you had to get an invite and such. Now it's open to everyone. So you can go get if you have a Gmail account, you can go get a Google Voice uh, number, and that just you just you just got a phone number. You got a phone line, I should say. So you can stop paying forty dollars a month for that. No, I'm kidding. So uh, again. How does this implement into your business? Well, maybe, maybe it doesn't. But uh, in the meantime, Google is bringing things together, which is encouraging because uh, there's a few frustrating things about Google, and one of them is they don't sometimes pair their services together very well. Yeah. So we're pleased with this. How, how did it sound when I just muted my mic? Did that sound okay? Yeah, sounded good. All right. Very cool. Well, it, it, it's pretty interesting. Um, you know, it, it this this could be something. Uh, at least for me, I'm I'm pretty excited about this on behalf of podcasters. You know, that want to do telephone interviews and sure. stuff. That man, this could be really good because, um, you know, if if it can rival Skype in call quality out to the numbers, of course, Skype has the ability to make phone calls out and receive phone calls, but uh, it's free with Google. Right. And it's right. Not- and that's the difference. I you know I I just two three weeks ago. Uh, went 100% Skype, and it, you know, it cost me six bucks a month or something like that. But uh, yeah, it, I, I think it's not the, the price isn't, the, I think, the big issue here as much as it is, I think, how it's incorporated into your workflow, you know, that it can be all in one place. Right. Which is, which is what we, we talk about a lot. So yeah, the, I would like to be able to take my Google Voice number and port it to my Google Apps account. And if I can do that, I'm going to be a happy camper. But, yeah, but right I, I am now, too because right now they're not. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. It's not. I, I have I have two Google Voice numbers, but they're not in the right place. Yeah, so, and anyway, my it's still, and my it's Google still. Voice number is my primary. I mean, it's like the number I use for everybody. Uh, me too. Yep. So we got to get that fixed, Google. <laughs> I'm sure they're listening. I'm sure oh, they're you, they listen to us every week, man. There's enough people that work for Google. Someone, someone might be listening. All so. right. So what else we got on the agenda for today to talk about? Or do we want to take some uh, voice calls first? Yeah, let's, let's, speaking of phone numbers, let's yeah. take some uh, feedback. Yeah, if apparently guys, some people are listening. So thanks, folks. Yeah, if you want to he- call us anytime, day or night, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 859-795-4067. And just in case you need a couple more numbers, 23, 42, 16, 18. There you go. <laughs> Justin, take it away. Cliff and Andy, this is Justin Lucas Savage at CoachRadio.tv. You guys were talking about Boomerang for Gmail, and we're wondering how to use that service. And, man, i got to tell you, I'm loving that thing. I've been using it for a couple of weeks now. And, Andy, like you mentioned, um, if I hear that it's somebody's birthday is coming up, I'll jump in, pop in an email real quick, and say happy birthday. And even if it's a couple of weeks out, I know I'm not going to forget, and Boomerang schedules that for me. And it's a nice little reminder, and every so often somebody will, re- will reply to it and say thanks, and I have, can't even remember that I sent it. So I have to look down in what I wrote because it was a couple weeks ago that I uh, put that email together. So I use it for that if I'm talking to a client or even just a prospect if I'm doing a consultation, and they happen to mention that they've got something coming up, an event, maybe they're speaking somewhere. I'll jump in, compose an email real quick, and it keeps it off my to-do list. Uh, I don't have to get a reminder and interrupt my day to uh, to go in and do that. So Boomerang is working really well for me. And uh, there's probably a, a bunch of other reasons that I'll, uh, I'll figure out how to use it. So thanks, guys, for the great show. Bye-bye. 
Very cool. Boomerang. And of course, if you guys uh, don't remember, that's the, e- the service that allows you to go in and post date your emails. Yeah, I actually had a use of it this this last week. And it's the same thing as Justin. It was just a workflow thing. I have a check that I cash every month for a client. And I usually email her the day before to remind her. And instead, I was like, well, I'm, I'll just email it now, quote unquote. But really, she's going to get that in about 11 days. But it's just, it's off my mind. So, um, yeah. So, we talked about that last week, uh, I believe, in episode, uh, maybe, we talked about two weeks ago. Yeah. But, um, anyway, I think we, cool. we talked about it in one of the last two episodes, but that's Boomerang. Uh, just do a Google for Boomerang Gmail. My own, it's not their only service. My so. only concern is, you know, basically, like I said, you know, um, I, I get one of those things. I set it up. And it's like, hey, I'm you send out this email and it's going to go out in three months from now. Hey, I, I woke up this morning and I just wanted to tell you that I, I hope that you have a wonderful birthday today. And, um, you know, uh, I, I, you know, I just wish that it's filled with all the greatest things. And it's, it's so great to know you. And I didn't want to start my day without sending you this message. And then all of a sudden, it's like they get that email on their birthday, which is just happens to be the day after your funeral. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. It's kind of cool. You can act, you have an afterlife. <laughs> you have a te- technological existence beyond so, living. So, I, I, I guess the coolest thing with Boomerang is that you could actually, in essence, carry out your email communications with people like uh, in way into the future. In fact, you could, since you're a Google Apps user, you could go ahead and create Google Google accounts for all of your great great grandchildren. You and go see. I'm telling you, there's. No, I already got. I already got the URLs. I got Caroline Traub, <laughs> and I think I got Samuel Traub. So, dot com, baby. So, awesome. yeah. So that's good. And you know, I uh, I have to add. This is a cool thing about Google Voice and Gmail. I have to go back, and I just released my my Google become a Gmail master, become a Google Voice master. I released those product last week. And I have to go back already and add some, um, you know, addendums. Add some details to that, some addendums, which is cool. I'm happy to do it. So yeah. uh, that'll be that'll be fun. And those have been selling well, so I'm grateful for that. It's nice to make money while you're not uh, working. Very cool. Hey, uh, Fire for, for easy for me to say that that browser with the fox in it. Fire you better f- pronunciate that. You could get in trouble. Yeah. Firefox four. Uh, they have uh, a new. But the beta version's out right now, so don't download the beta version unless you don't want any of your add-ons to work, because I've never downloaded a beta version, and that's what I figured out is it's functional, but most of your add-ons are not functional, so I took it down. But they have this kind of funky panorama tab thing, and it's like Google Chrome when you click the plus button and you usually get like eight windows, you know what I'm talking about? Right. It's like that, but you can group them uh, and, and sort of create these layered folders of these windows and so you could, let's just say you had tech news, and it's it's sort of just like bookmark folders, uh, but they they behave in an interesting way. So just go and and Google uh, Firefox Panorama tab or some or Firefox for there, there's a a video sh- showing it. Uh, I, I frankly was like really excited about it, and then I went there and I used it, and it, I really was bothered by one function which is, let's just say you, you create a little window and it's got, uh, or a folder and it's got three windows in it, right? And I'm going to go click on that folder and bop, it opens up my three windows. I'm so excited. It's very easy and simple, right? Right. If I close one of those tabs, right, and then I go back to the panorama view, 
that folder that I created with the three things in it only has two now. So the folders that you create in the panorama view, they don't remember. They're not truly like folders. They, you know, if I'm used to, I'm used to, you know, I have four windows open or four tabs open. I close one. It doesn't affect my bookmarks folder, right? My bookmarks folder still has those four tabs in it or whatever. But with the panorama, it, it's sort of like, uh, you, yeah, we have a folder, but if you happen to close one window, mm-hmm. uh, then when you go back to your folder, you, that window's not there anymore. So I, I don't know. It, it, I think it visually it's neat and all, and I think it could help with your browsing. But frankly, I'm just so used to my keyboard shortcuts and uh, having my bookmark folders. And, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't see a great need for it. But, uh, you know, for some people, I might think it's really useful for their workflow. But for me, it's just another way to confuse me. So I probably won't implement it. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I am thoroughly impressed with Google Chrome these days. I have completely been won over uh, and have left the world of Firefox quite some time ago. And, um, you know, I never really, you had mentioned back when you told me about drag and drop files in email, mm-hmm. uh, I was still very much a Firefox user then. Yeah. And which, yeah. you know, that functionality was not available there. And I will tell you, it is a lifesaver for me now. I, I cannot imagine not having drag and drop files into Gmail. Yeah. yeah it, it has uh, drastically changed my life. And in yeah. fact, um, I, I have clients because I'm doing, I do uh, consulting calls with GoToMeeting and people see what I'm doing. And during the call, I'll, I'll typically will send, you know, I'll send an email and I'll dry, you know, I've worked on some Photoshop files and I've worked on a couple of things here and there. And I drag and drop those files. Just I grab them all and just drop them into the email. And they're right. like, "How did you do that?" And I'm like, "It's Google Chrome." And of course, they go and switch right afterwards. <laughs> so, yeah, I haven't made the full jump, and and I don't. I'm not sure. I think the um, Vicky in the chat made a mention of the of an FTP client that's built into that because um, there's FTP Fire FTP is built into Firefox, but there is not a good one for Chrome yet. But Again, you could just use FileZilla or, you know, and, and I'm sure they'll come up with one. But anyway, that's Firefox 4. Uh, check it out. I think it's, for some people, it might be really cool. And if nothing else, it's some eye candy. So okay. we got one more voicemail coming in. This one's from Troy, and this one's about online stores. Hi, Andy. This is uh, Troy from Kentucky. I've got a Business Tech Weekly question for you. Less so on the social media space, but really, you know, technology and business. Um, as a hypothetical that may become reality, if you were uh, part of a retail store, you know, just a mom and pop shop, and uh, wanted to take them into the, you know, selling online, which do you think would be better, both in the short term and the long term? Um, you know, eBay has eBay stores that you pay so much a month, and you can do the pictures and the descriptions, things like that. Uh, and I see the appeal of that. But I also see the appeal of having your own separate, you know, checkout process and all the different items that you can put in there, you know, and, you know, store it. Um, these wouldn't be like e-products, but actual, you know, real, you know, papers and pencils and that kind of thing. Curious if, you know, it's worth going through the process of, you know, creating our own store and using the tools that are out there or just the, you know, put your name here eBay solution. Here's what your thoughts are about that. Thanks so much. Alrighty. Uh, my thoughts on that, Troy, is that why not have both? I mean, here here's the situation. Obviously, if you rely only 
on, let's say, an eBay store, for example, well, then every purchase that you make, you're going to have to pay eBay transaction fees. Uh, so you have to pay a commission to eBay. However, is it worth paying a trans transaction fee to eBay? You better, in my opinion, it is because what happens is you get a lot of exposure and and it's and people are finding things and searching for things on eBay all the time. And for the longest time, I had an eBay store with my equipment packages and, and I need to actually get that up and running again. It's, it's probably something I should probably put on my to-do list. In fact, watch this. I'm writing down eBay store. Because I let it, I let it actually expire out when all of my, when I had sold all of my inventory, mm -hmm. uh, which I, you know, you have, I obviously I drop ship, but uh, I had to give it an inventory number, and I ended up all of the items sold out. Uh, so I need to go back and add those in. But I sold quite a bit of equipment via eBay. Now because because of exposure, just because that, of the that's exposure, what, that's what we're talking about, right? Yep. Yeah, that's it's a traffic. Your your comment's a great one. It's where I was going to go first, Cliff, which is you, why not be an eBay? Because it's like if you sell pencils, that's great. But if you can get those pencils on the shelf of Walmart, you're going to sell a lot more. Right. Because it's, it's about exposure. And that's what the eBay store does for you is, yes, it costs you something, but, you know, 0% of zero is always zero. You know, so giving a percentage to eBay because you get that exposure, I think, is something worth considering for sure. Yep. And uh, and then, of course, what I did is when I had my equipment, obviously, I had my own website where you could come and buy it directly from me. And, uh, you know, I'll make no bones about it. It's cheaper if you bought it directly from me because if you buy it through from me via eBay, well, I have to pay fees and stuff like that. And I cover all of that by charging a higher premium there. Yeah. Uh, so in and, and, and a lot so of people just they're used to eBay. They're used to that store. They're there. They're, you know, yep. they'll buy it. So now Rob in the chat room says you can strategically link back and forth to your store. Not you. You want to watch your terms of service with eBay. I don't think you can do that. I, I think that you'd get in some pretty big trouble. I going to get arrested. Yeah, I don't know about that. But uh, you, you certainly want to look at the terms of service and, and you might run into some issues <laughs> if you link back. Although I will tell you this. If you if you went into eBay and you found my store, my store was called podcast answer man mm -hmm. <laughs> and it had my and it had my logo on there yeah. for podcast answer man and it, it there was several people who of course w would find my store go and google podcast answer man and lo and behold guess what they came and purchased from me so uh i i use ebay more as a marketing platform uh for advertising my, my products uh, but I certainly would also want to have a store of my own where I get to keep as much of that money as possible. So, Amen. So there you go. Uh, and then and as my, far as my other my other admonishment or my other encouragement, I guess, would be it is try to simplify it. You know, in the beginning, I, I and here's why: because if you don't end up selling what you think you're going to sell, then and a lot of people would disagree with me because they say set it up to succeed, but. I think it's pretty easy to start with an eBay or a PayPal sort of situation. I've seen people that have spent dozens of hours trying to get approval for a secure site and yada yada because they're doing it on their own site uh, and, and pay these 50 or 60 or $70 a month for this credit card. You know, there, It can be very complicated is what I'm saying. So I would say in the beginning, simplify it. If you get some traction, then you know, essentially it'll pay for itself to switch over to something maybe more robust or something that you want to have on your own site. But I, I like that answer, Cliff, which is, you know, let's keep it simple. Let's use a big store that you have some exposure to. Like Etsy, I don't know if you've ever been on Etsy, Cliff, E-T-S-Y dot com. My wife used it to buy some stuff for our kids 
I have a YouTube video of actually about she bought some hats for our kids. And basically, it's just this huge mall of individual handmade goods. And, you know, it's just so wonderful to have that exposure in there versus having just your website out in the middle of nowhere. Yep. So that's that's the direction I would go is, is try to find a, an outlet, uh, a storefront that's not just your own. Yeah, but but in, in, in my argument, though, is that I would do both. I would, yeah. I would actually do both. I, I would say, ha, go out and use those. In, in reality, here's where I want to be. Uh, if, if I had everything all set up the way that I wanted it, I would have clear, I would have pages for each of my products where you could actually buy them directly right from me, right from my website. And I would also have a, an eBay store. And I would also have an Amazon store. I would also have any other online stores that are like a, eBay or Amazon. I would like to be in all of those places. Except for, I, I, let me clarify. What I'm saying is I would not go through the trouble of being the payment processor for all those things. Uh, that that depends. I, I mean, you, here, here Unless you Unless you're going to do enough volume, it's worth it. Yeah. Well, I mean, at some, point you, at some point you're losing money if, if you have to give 4% to somebody every time. I don't so think I'm just saying so. No, I, don't, I, I would disagree with that. Not when you're making, you know, 50 or 60% profit on something. You know, for example, if I, if for example, if my my product was a digital a digital video training, I mean, mm-hmm. the the cost to me might be you know two cents. Whereas if I sell it for 150 bucks, I don't mind paying four percent or fifth, you know, even 15 percent or even 20 percent for that matter. Mm-hmm. If it costs me 20 percent of of you know of 150 bucks, I don't mind making that money. So I I would still say you know whatever the ta- whatever the case may be. Um, I, I would, I would have my own site with the ability to purchase directly from me. I, matter right. of fact, I, I wouldn't even mind taking your payment via check writer if, if that was the case, but I would still, I would rather have it all automated and I don't mind paying 4%. I don't mind right. all of this other stuff. When it, I just want to make sure people understand it can cost you. And I've just, I've dealt with people like this. It can cost you $80 a month just to have the ability to have people buy from you. Even if you don't sell anything. And those are situations that I think, like, I don't mind losing 4%. That's not what I'm saying. I'm yep. saying I, there are people that have spent 80, they have a contract for $80 a month, mm-hmm. just like stores do with credit card machines. Yep. You know, they've gotten these sort of crummy deals where it's 80 bucks a month, even if they don't sell anything. Right. So I'm fine to give away 4% of my profits, especially with digital goods, right? Mm-hmm. But I just, I want to caution them if they go ask out and around, they may find someone says, oh, sure, for $80 a month. You can have that ability. And what I'm saying is it should cost you $0 a month unless you sell something or unless you use something like eJunkie if it's a digital good, but it's not. And even then, it's minimal, very minimal. Well, I, I can actually sell physical goods with eJunkie, by the way. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Because yeah, you get inventory control and... Yeah, yeah. And, yeah and it's a flat fee monthly uh, and, and stuff like that. So I, I don't know. I, th- I think I just have a little bit of a different opinion and, and, it's, and that's fine. You get both of it here. Uh, but I, I think that, uh, you know, if you've got products and you believe they're going to sell, then... Then, uh, you know, I, matter of fact, for me to have a store, I think I was paying, by the way, eBay's not free and you don't only pay when you have transactions. If you have a store, you're paying a monthly fee. Oh, that's I, true. I was, uh, how I th- much is that? Do you know? I, I think I was paying about 40 to $60 a month to be just to have a store. Yeah. So it, was it worth it to me? You better believe it. Yeah. So and you'll find out. It's you'll really, find out if it's worth it or not. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't lock into, you know, a year long contract if you're not sure, but. But man, if if you're serious about this stuff, you got products and services, then then by all means, you know sometimes you got. And this goes back to a philosophy that I've shared multiple times. I believe you got to spend money to make it. 
mm-hmm. uh, sometimes and, and you know, do, do it, do it right. And you can make a whole lot more money if you put it on your own site. So I, I, I like the idea of having the ability to buy it right from me, from my site, cut out all the other, you know, middlemen as possible. But, you know, I don't mind having a middleman such as eBay or Amazon or all these other places as long as, you know, it's still profitable to me and it doesn't add a whole lot of extra work. And so I, I my opinion, I personally, I, I'd say I'd want to have it on my site. But by golly, I would also have an Amazon store and a eBay store. Yeah, because you'll never, ever get that exposure otherwise. Yep. Amazon, I t- I can't tell you how many times I have bought things from people. And, 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 you know, most people don't understand this. But when you search there, it'll say, you know, this is, you know, this will be shipped, you know, delivered or you're purchasing this from Amazon. But or, or m- many times, especially for the electronics goods and stuff, it says you're buying this from and it's just some store, some company. And it could be just like me. Somebody's just drop shipping something to me. But I buy with confidence because it's at Amazon, and and so I've never had a problem. And so I, I, and by the way, I've never had an Amazon store yet. But it's something you better believe I'm going to have mm-hmm. eventually. <laughs> I've got so many things I'm going to do. <laughs> All right. So Good stuff. yep. Uh, let's see here. One last story we have, um, and then we'll wrap things up. Is uh, you wanted to talk about? Uh, iPod touch with Skype possibility or do we want to cover oh. that next week when it's a reality? <laughs> well, it might be reality. Let me, let me do two things real quick. One is the, uh, just a quick, some news on Vimeo is that, uh, they have, uh, a universal player code now. So if you have any videos hosted there that, you know, all of their videos are able to be played and viewed, uh, you know, iPad, they're all compatible in those, um, those formats or those platforms. So, that's helpful because I think that it's one of the, one of the services that we like. Uh, obviously, you definitely still want to be on YouTube, but I like a lot of Vimeo's functionality. So check out their blog. Uh, we'll have a link to it in the show notes for more information on that. But this is one other thing. Uh, just, you know, as we talked about Google Voice within Gmail, the, there's rumored, and I think we're pretty sure that new iPod Touches are going to come out. Basically, it's an iPhone without the phone. And I'm just interested to see how I could use it uh, myself to uh, use Skype if they, you know, maintain that app and that possible and that, that uh, usability. And essentially it would be, it would be my office phone. So something to think about for folks if they're considering using Skype and if they pick up the new iPod touch, if, and when it comes out, uh, I think that that would be a, a good option to consider. Absolutely. We'll, we'll know more next week all about it because they're going to announce the new iPods on Wednesday, September 1st. And so I'm looking forward to, you know, being able to talk with, some uh, excitement about the potential. I hope they have the, both the front and the rear cameras on it. I think that'd yeah. be awesome. If they have that, dude, I, it, it's it's all done. All my kids will have iPod touches. There you go. So, hey, um, one other thing I want to mention here real quick is I'm heading back to Boston. Uh, I'm going to go to PodCamp Boston 5. If anybody's in the Boston area or if you're anywhere where you can actually drive or fly there, which is pretty much anybody in the world, uh, and you care a lot about social media and you want to learn how you can build your brand and market yourself through podcasting, through blogging and all this other stuff, please, please let's uh, see you in Boston on uh, the weekend of September 25th and 26th. Stephanie and I both are going to be there. Eric J. Fisher from the Social Media Serenity podcast is going to be there. And uh, we're all going to be speaking and going to have a lot of fun. And of course, I want to say a special thank you to divineoffice.org 
And if you want to learn more about that sponsorship and how that came along, uh, go over to gspn.tv slash divine office, which by the way, Andy, all expenses paid, both my wife and myself, everything covered by divine office. Sweet. Absolutely. I'm on their, I'm on their site right now. Sweet. Hey, uh, Andy, do me a favor. Tell me about Jeff Pulver. We've got another one minute. So, Well, uh, we'll talk about it more next week, but I had the honor and privilege of meeting um, Jeff Pulver, who has come up with uh, 140 conferences for Twitter and uh, one of the founders, creators of Vonage, and just an all-around nice guy. So met him and a guy named Jeff Hazlett, who's another social media um, smart guy and marketer. He used to work for Kodak and had a tweet up yesterday here in Sioux Falls. We'll talk about that more next week and um, again it's about getting together in person it's not all about the tech tools but we appreciate listening to business tech weekly thanks cliff all right thank you andy and thank you everybody for listening we want to hear from you just like uh, justin and troy called in you can do the same 859-795-4067 again the phone number 859-795-4067 until next time everybody we encourage you to join the community 